Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team welcome to the official podcast of the milwaukee brewers this is brewers on tap here's the pitch a now it's time to tap the keg with lane grindle Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 183 of Brewers on Tap. It is great to have you with us as the crew sits at 17 and 19 on the year and looking to make that postseason push now that the calendar has flipped to September. The Brewers right in the mix, just a half game out of a wild card spot right now for postseason play and a game back of the Cardinals for second in the NL Central. Of course, the top two teams this year from each division get to go to the postseason with a couple of wild cards thrown in there as well. The Brewers getting set to open up a three-game series tonight against the Cleveland Indians and then a day off on Monday before a two-game series in Detroit at Comerica Park against the Tigers. And then the Brewers will come home for their last homestand of the season. Kind of wild how fast this shortened season is going by. We have a lot for you on the podcast today. We're going to talk to Josh Hader. He has been really good this season, and that seems silly to say it in such a basic way. He hasn't given up a hit this year. It's an MLB record, 12 appearances to start a year without surrendering a hit. He's absolutely been phenomenal. And he, along with Devin Williams, have formed a two-headed monster at the back of this Brewers bullpen that is second to none in Major League Baseball. There isn't a better one-two punch. And that's why if the Brewers can get themselves into the postseason, a lot of teams won't want to face the Brewers because they won't want to deal with those two guys for two, three, four innings, depending on the game, at the end of a contest. So we're going to talk to Josh Hader coming up and talk to him about his performances so far. That should be very fun. We're also going to talk to Justin Topa, who made his MLB debut earlier this week against the Tigers. Topa's an incredible story. He's a double Tommy John guy. The Brewers found him an independent ball in 2018. He had spent some time in the Mets organization before that, and now he's a big leaguer. It's really neat, and we're happy for him that he is a big leaguer. And we're also going to talk to Jace Peterson, Brewers utility man, who also got called up just at the end of the last road trip. Jace Peterson has had 
a long career in Major League Baseball. He's 30 years old. He's spent a handful of years with Atlanta, a couple of years with Baltimore before now contributing to this Brewers team. Hit a huge home run on Wednesday to help the Brewers solidify their 8-5 win over the Tigers and to split that two-game series with a really good Tigers squad. That actually snapped the six-game winning streak for Detroit with the Brewers winning that game on Wednesday. So we have a lot to get to on the podcast today. We're glad once again that you were with us. Let's jump right into it. The record-setting Josh Hader. Let's break it down. It's been a really good start to the year for you, and I know you've been asked a lot about your pitch selection because you are throwing the slider so much, and you look back at last night's performance, all three strikeouts, I believe, were on that slider, and it seems like that pitch is as good as it's ever been for you at any point in your career. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the things coming into this year was uh, to have more confidence in that pitch, to be able to use it anytime I can. Um, you know, the last two years, um, you know, obviously I've relied on my fastball a lot more and the league adjusts to that. So, um, you know, that was one of the things coming in. It's um, add something else to the mix, be able to, um, you know, have that fastball play a little bit uh, better once I use these secondaries. You have made uh, 11 appearances so far this year, uh, still have not allowed a hit. I mean, you've really been pitching at, a, at an, a, an elite level, which is really where you've been since you were called up in 2017. But you just talked about it. The league adjusts. And even though you've had one of the most dominant fastballs in the game, these are great hitters up here. And so eventually they're going to find ways to, to barrel up a baseball once in a while. How much of your offseason was spent just working on all of those things to understand that I, I can't be the same Josh Hader every single year, as good as that's been, because I'm, I'm going to have to try to stay one step ahead of these guys. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's one of the things is, is trying to stay that one step ahead. Uh, you know, these, like you said, these guys are really, really good at hitting uh, a baseball, and especially if they uh, are only sitting one pitch, um, you know, it makes their job a little bit easier to eliminate the other pitches. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things just, um, you know, I just really, I mean, the past years too, I've been, you know, really working on that secondary, but, you know, last year was my main focus to get the change up in the slider where I needed to be um, and just get the confidence. I think, um, the biggest thing is having that confidence in, in the pitches. Um, and even if, uh, you know, I'm not putting it in the strike zone every time, at least getting it to where I can get swing, swings and misses. So, um, you know, just really developing the, the shapes of those and, and really just attacking with them. Do you feel like the changeup is close? I know a bunch of hitters are, are, are cringing hoping that you say no but do you feel like the changeup is getting close to where you can start bringing that out in games honestly I think it is um you know for me it's it's when and where um you know uh, I'm trying to choose the right spots for it um I mean because honestly it's still my third third pitch and yeah. as a pitcher um you don't want to get beat with your third pitch um especially uh, in a late inning game where right. we're only uh up by one run or so and um you know that's the that's one of the things but at the end of the day, um, you know, you kind of read the swings that you get from from the hitters, and and you know the time will call um, for that pitch. But you know, it's definitely in the in the back of the mind and in in the bag. Josh, you struggled two times out ago. Play back on Saturday, you just had a hard time finding the strikes, and that happens to everybody. 
And the most important thing is you try to shake that off and you want to get out there, I'm sure, as soon as possible after that happens. And Craig Council got you out there about as soon as possible after Saturday's outing. And then you, you strike out the side and, and retire the Pirates in order. That had to be uh, a really good feeling to just bounce right back and kind of get back into cruise control. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's one of the things. Um, I, I don't know what it was, what it was from um, exactly, but I know it, it wasn't me. I wasn't, uh, it wasn't my uh, normal, normal pitching, I guess you could say, but um, yeah, you, you, you're human. You, you're going to have these days where, you know, you just can't find it. You, you just, something's not clicking. And, you know, that was one of those days, unfortunately, uh, you know, I walked five guys in a row and, and, you know, blew the save, but at the end of the day, you know, the, the team had had my back and you know obviously we ended up walking that off right after so um you know that's a great feeling knowing that uh you got the bats behind you and uh they're able to pick you up because that's that's what a team does you know we have each other's back and and no matter what the situation is and yeah you just bounce off of that and continue to um you know just grow from it I mean you learn from your mistakes and and that's the biggest thing is you figure out um you know not you don't always have the answer but you just figure out what could have you, what could you do um, in that situation to, you know, be better? So if next time it does happen, you can, you know, really fix it right away instead of uh, kind of letting it linger on. Josh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations on what's been a great start to the year. And we'll talk to you again down the road. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. And a big thanks to Josh for giving us the time this week on Brewers on Tap. A guy that is exciting and a unique arm is right-hander Justin Topa. Told you, double Tommy John guy. He has paid his dues, makes his debut at the age of 29, and we were there to be able to document it, which was pretty neat as well. But I had a chance to catch up with him the day after his debut on Wednesday morning and talk about everything that was going on in his mind. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go on again for Ryan. Time to catch up with the crew. Justin, first and foremost, congratulations. It's been quite a journey to get to this point, and I'm sure you were just thrilled to have appearance number one under your belt when it was all said and done. Yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, certainly a whirlwind uh, past few days, and, and to get out there last night and uh, you know sell the nerves a little bit, get out there, get the first one under my belt was awesome. Craig Council had some pretty high praise for you after the game, saying he felt like you really executed your pitches very well. You maybe made the one mistake, and that was really about it, that he liked the way your stuff competed and played on the big league stage. Was that the feedback you got yourself from the hitters, that as long as you execute your pitches, you're, you're right there? Yeah, definitely. And like you say, it was one pitch last night, uh, missed a spot by a little bit, and, but these guys are big league hitters. They're here for a reason, and they'll, uh, they'll jump over a mistake and – but yeah, that was my goal is go out there and, and make competitive pitches. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that my stuff will play, um, especially when I execute. And, and that's the goal. And every time out is just to, uh, to be competitive, execute pitches, and then put the, the team in the best position to win. Every pitcher knows what Tommy John is and what it means and the work that's ahead of you when you hear those words from the doctor and the surgery is impending. When you think about the fact that you went through it twice and, and now you're starting to see some guys 
in the big leagues that have gone through Tommy John surgery twice. It used to be totally unheard of. Now there's a handful of guys. There's two of them in the Brewers bullpen, yourself and Drew Rasmussen, that have been through it twice. When you hear it the second time, how much different is it than the first time? Because now you know what you're in for. And in some ways, maybe that's a good thing, but in some ways, maybe that's not a great thing because it is such a grueling grind to get yourself back. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, certainly difficult the second time. Nobody wants to hear it the first time anyway, but, um, yeah. but knowing that you have to go through a, a 12 to 14 month rehab, um, you know, the first time around and, and the second time was a little longer just as precaution. Um, and like you said, you, you hear the statistics and, and, uh, you know, the, the percentages are very low to, you know, come back to compete at the level you were at, let alone, you know, continue to advance. Um, so it's certainly emotionally and, and mentally draining um, to get that news. Uh, but, you know, for me, it was just, you know, let's, let's get, make the most out of it. You know, I love the game of baseball. This is, this is why I'm here. I'm trying to get to the big leagues at that point. And uh, I had a great supporting staff and uh, between the, the trainers and athletic uh physical therapists and stuff like that with the pirates and even the players, the group of guys that were down there, we were a great support system for each other and really got the most out of it. Um, that was the biggest thing take every day and, and try to get something out of it, try to better yourself, whether it be, you know, in, in the weight room or the uh, training room, um, even just looking at video and stuff like that, trying to figure out little tweaks that you can uh, to get better once you are back. Um, that was the biggest thing for me is just, you know, putting nose to the grindstone and continue to work hard. Justin, you bounced around in the minor leagues a little bit. You ended up in independent ball in 2018, and now all of a sudden you're in the big leagues. I mean, it's been a whirlwind in a lot of ways for you, but there have been ups and downs. Were there times where you thought about quitting? A hundred percent. You know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said it, I, I didn't, but, uh, you know, between, you know, getting released by the Pirates after uh, almost two full years of rehabbing, that was certainly um, mentally draining and, you know, I said yesterday, kind of over baseball at that point. You know, I love love the game of baseball. That's never never been lost. But um, but just the you know going through the hard work and, and the rehab and wondering, you know, is this really, you know, for me type thing uh, at that point. And um, you know, after many discussions, figured out let's you know let's give it a year, go to indie ball, see what happens. And uh, like I said yesterday, it was it was a it was a great opportunity for me. Um, it really made baseball fun again. Uh, you know, you just go out there and then you ball and your goal is to win. You know, there's not much development um, outside of, you know, your, your personal development, trying to get better every day. But that supporting staff that I had in Rockland and uh, that group of guys is amazing. Still talk to pretty much everybody to this day. A lot of texts uh, last night from them. And uh, yeah, it's just been crazy. And, and, you know, since that year, I've pretty much taken every year as if it was my last and, you know, basically given my all throughout throughout the season and even in the off season because you know at the end of the day if I don't want to look back and say you know if I did this or if I did that you know try to think about something something uh changed but yeah I mean it's just been it's been a whirlwind and like you said uh, I think the love of the game has, has certainly pushed me to this point and then the overall support of friends and family is uh it's it's come full circle well Justin we appreciate it thank you so much for sharing your story. It's definitely a unique one. And congratulations again on making your MLB debut last night. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Big thanks to Justin Topa for joining us on the podcast. Well, we need a position player in the mix today on Brewers on Tap. And who better than Jace Peterson? Because he hit the big home run in the eighth inning on Wednesday to give the Brewers a couple of extra insurance runs on their way to that 8-5 victory 
over the Tigers. Told you, Jace Peterson's bounced around a little bit, but he is somebody that the Brewers liked from the beginning in spring training. He does all the little things well. He hustles through the bag on ground balls. He's just a good energy guy, good clubhouse guy that can play some pretty darn good baseball on top of it. And we had the chance to talk to him about his big home run the other night and what he's doing for his hometown in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Of course, the big home run to give the Brewers a little bit of breathing room on Wednesday night against the Tigers had to feel really good, Jace, to be able to contribute in such a big way like you did in that contest. No doubt. Anytime you can uh, help your team win a game, I mean, at the end of the day, baseball, you got to win games. And anytime you can contribute to a win, it's always a good feeling for sure. Now, Pat Murphy, and obviously everybody's missing Pat Murphy because he's not on the bench right now because of the, the heart attack that he suffered right before the season began. Pat Murphy is a big fan of yours. We, we had him mic'd up during summer camp for a couple of different broadcasts, and he was just raving about how you're a quote-unquote ball player, right, which is like one of the greatest uh, compliments you can get uh, because you do all the little things right. Uh, you have a good baseball IQ, and he was just very, very high on you. What, what does that mean to you when somebody that's been around the game in so many different aspects of the game, whether it be the college game or the professional game, like Pat Murphy says something like that about you? You know, it's been huge for me. Um, I had the privilege to play with Pat early in my career. So he got to see the good, bad, and the ugly all from the beginning. So, uh, I mean, coming from McNeese State, playing football and baseball in college, and then getting Pat playing in Eugene, Oregon, um, he was huge for me uh, early in my career, he was able to show me things that, hey, this is this is kind of what it takes to get to the big leagues, obviously, with his son-in-law being there, um, Pedro Alvarez at the time. So he kind of told me things that what helped Pedro, what didn't help Pedro, and just kind of showed me things in the game that, hey, this is what I think you can do to, to kind of help your career. And this is the kind of things that I think if you can not do as much, you'll be able to play a lot longer. So that's always been huge for me, um, not only as a coach and a mentor on the field, but just as a really just as a manly figure. He's a guy who he really don't take no nonsense. He's, he's about business. And um, if you go play the game the right way and handle your business, you're going to have his support. You know, baseball is not always a, a linear journey, so to speak. I mean, a guy like Mike Trout comes up and he's a superstar right away, but that's the, that's the exception to the rule. A lot of guys are up and down over the course of their careers. Um, you go back to 2015, you played in 152 games for the Braves. You had a, a pretty lengthy career with Atlanta um, and now you find yourself with the Brewers and you don't make the opening day roster you go to to Campleton if you will up in Appleton and you kind of have to wait for your turn and and there's there's just a ton of patience involved in this game um, obviously while you're playing it but also that aspect of it too that you know your number might not always get called right when you want it to but you got to be ready when it is called. Absolutely. Baseball is, is, is a funny game and it's a business at the end of the day. Um, I think more than anything, everybody's journey is different. Um, some guys get up to the big leagues and do well and stick forever. Some guys do well and still get options. Some guys don't do well and get options. So I think it goes back to kind of what you said. you got to put in your time, be patient, continue to believe, continue to, to work and wait for your opportunity. And when you get it, you, you can't try to make it something bigger than it is and put too much weight on it. You just got to go and play the game, know that you're prepared, know that you're ready and accept the challenge and go play and try to help teams win. At the end of the day, the big leagues is about getting wins. So whether you're hitting 350 or whether you're hitting 100, you might 
make a little bit more money, obviously, the, the better you do. But at the end of the day, if, if you're winning games and you're not doing exactly what you want to do or think you're capable of, um, I think that kind of gets overlooked. As long as you're winning games, that's really all that matters in the big league. So for me, I think over the years, my preparation has stayed the same, but mindset changed a little bit as far as, yes, I want to go compete and be the best player that I can be and um, help a team win. But I think for me now in my career, it's more about trying to get wins than anything. Um, Cause I know that if I'm on a big league club and we're winning games and I'm in a good spot. So that's kind of my mindset where I take when I'm in Appleton or wherever I am, I want to work on my craft, continue to get better, um, wait for my opportunity. And then once I get to the big leagues, it's all about winning whatever I got to do to, to win a game or help a team win. That's kind of what I try to focus on. Jace, I want to ask you about your home community, Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, it was hit by Hurricane Laura. I know it's been weighing heavily on your mind and probably made your home run the other night that much more sweet. But you and Wade LeBlanc, of course, another uh, longtime MLB left-handed pitcher, uh, you, you've teamed up to try to raise funds to, to rebuild your community after the devastation of Hurricane Laura. I, first off, I think that's an unbelievably um, selfless thing for the two of you to do. Uh, and I commend you for it. But uh, what was kind of the conversation like between the two of you to, to get this started and to try to help uh, that community any way you could? I'd actually started the conversation with my wife and not knowing at the time Wade had done the same with his wife, Natalie. So we were talking about it between each other. And then I was like, man, I'm going to kind of give Wade a call and see what's going on. And then I called Wade and he said, dude, let's do it we were thinking about it so let's I think it's the right thing to do let's do it and I'm on board so something that we just kind of said we both felt in our heart like hey man this is where we grew up playing baseball this is where our kids grow up and they, this is where they play this is where our roots are so deep in Lake Charles Louisiana I mean it's all of my memories it's all that I know so for me I'm just trying to do what's right for the kids honestly that's the main thing um, whether it's baseball fields whether it's parks whether it's football fields whatever it is tennis courts volleyball courts whatever the case may be um schools i just want to give back to the kids and let them know that hey 2020 has been a this crazy year already in itself with coronavirus and just the the everything that's going on in our country so i think that being able to do that when we get back and help speed up the process of letting those kids be able to go outside and enjoy life like kids should and not have to worry about all the other stuff that's going on. That's kind of where my focus is right now. And, um, you know, Wade's completely on board. And I think that everything that we can raise, we're going to try to spread it out as much as we can, whether it's families, businesses, schools, parks, whatever the case may be. But that's kind of where we're at right now. And obviously things are kind of happening fast with, with the whole GoFundMe thing. It's been unbelievable so far. We've had so much support and help with that. And um, I'm just excited about continuing to watch it grow and really can't wait to get back home and be able to go around and cut people some checks and, and really spread the, spread the love across Lake Charles for sure. That's going to be outstanding. And I think everybody very proud to see what uh, the two of you are doing for your hometown community. It's very commendable. Jace, we appreciate it. Thank you for giving us the time today on the On Deck Show, Bill Vimenards. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, that is going to do it for us and this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. We thank you for being locked in with us once again. We have uh, plenty more coming your way. We'll have another edition of Brewers on Tap next week as the Brewers get set to open up their final homestand. Can you believe that? Of the 2020 regular season. 
I am Lynn Grindle. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk to you again next week, everybody. Go Brewers. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.